Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Australia podcast. We're bringing together the best technical leaders from across the Melbourne region to discuss industry passions, challenges and ideas. My name's Abby Green and I connect businesses with talented contractors in the software engineering market. The views expressed by guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the official position or policy of their organisation. So welcome to the Evolution Exchange Australia podcast. We're bringing together the best technical leaders from across Melbourne region to discuss industry passions, challenges and ideas. My name's Abby Green and I connect businesses with talented contractors in the software engineering market. Today I'm joined by Alberto from The Good Guys, Jasminda from Tabcorp and David from Trevi Pay. And today we're discussing executing effective leadership to align with the company's vision. But before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room and do some introductions. So Alberto, would you like to kick us off? Ciao, Abby. Thanks for having me and uh, thanks for the other guys to attending. So Alberto Simongini, uh, Italian, as you can guess from my accent, I've been in, uh, <laughs> in Melbourne since 2006. Uh, started my career in uh, technology consulting in uh, telecommunication media entertainment and then uh, moved into the industry, uh, jump defense as a head of engineering uh, uh, across digital enterprise technology for a large organization. Uh, Ten months ago, I joined the good guys as general manager of engineering. I'm totally enjoying the experience uh, so far. Ben, Ben, thank you so much. Uh, and David, would you like to introduce yourself? <coughs> sure. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I am David here, David Ortega. Uh, have been in Melbourne for from six years, um, and then yeah, I have been working in 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 IT and software for the last 15, 18 years. So you know, I have have always this passion to work in in programming, and and that's why I ended up in in this. Um, I have been working in different projects, and I have the privilege of of, of dealing with big projects in bespoke software development or product-oriented applications. And, you know, both have given me an um, opportunity to to grow personally and professionally. Um, and, you know, those experiences also have, have shown me uh, and given me an approach to to execute this uh, effective leadership and, and, and have, you know, given me this uh, experience or unique perspective uh, that I want to share with everyone today. David, thank you so much. Um, and last but not least, Jasminda, please can you introduce yourself. Hi, Abby. Hi, all. Uh, I'm Jasminda Singh. Um, I've similar experience to David in his um, software or IT industry, uh, working with Dapcom currently as platform lead. Um, we have got a team looking after the platform, which um, fights with anti-money laundering and counter-terrorism finance um, transactions. Well, been here for about three months exciting times for the organization. There's a lot of development happening that's um, great places. Uh, but before that, worked in various organizations um, from customer support software to, to defense and some um, pretty cool air traffic control systems. So I've been, been around a few places. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> well, thank you so much, <clears throat> everybody, for all your contributions so far. As I say, I've thoroughly enjoyed getting to know you all in the lead up to the exchange. Um, you've got extensive experience across the, a wide range of different areas. So yeah, really keen to get the conversation going. So let's just get straight into it. So leadership is such a hot topic. Um, so can each of you define what effective leadership means to you? Alberto, we'll start with yourself. Well, it's a, it's a big question. Um, <laughs> let me tell you where I come from. Because probably you understand my point of view also from my roots. Okay. I was born... Uh, on a little uh, uh, town north of east of Italy, which was the headquarter of the most famous and most successful technology company in the Italian history, which is Olivetti. Uh, the 60s, 70s dominated the market of uh, typewriters, uh, both mechanical and uh, and, uh, and electronic. Okay, uh, 300,000 employees, 40% of the market share. And uh, you know, at the helm of the organization, there was uh, a person which I uh, consider one of my sort of, uh, uh, sort of with the CEO that expires, which is Adriano Olivetti. Uh, and uh, uh, his, his, his philosophy is somewhat uh, 
rooted into utopic socialism and uh, it, it believed that uh, the company is not the objective but actually the company is the tool to achieve uh, 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 employee happiness as well as also uh, make a direct contribution on the, on, uh, on the society okay and uh, to a great extent uh, my little hometown was shaped uh, by thinking uh, architecturally as well as uh, attracting the best talent uh, in in Italy in terms of engineering. By the way, my mom and dad met there, uh, and my dad is uh, is an amazing engineer. By the way, only with inspired with this thinking, uh, uh, a, a large organization you all know, which is based in Cupertino. Uh, in the way, the business uh, is it, was run and is run even today. So. I truly believe that effective leadership comes from uh, a selfless, uh, selfless and servant behavior. Um, and and actually, uh, again, the, the the behavior of us as leader is uh, try to make sure that uh, uh, the capacity, the resources of an organization are put at best use uh, uh, to for, for the for the health, wealth, and, and happiness of our of our team members. Um, and to a great extent, you can imagine it's a virtual circle because uh, uh, engaged employee, employees and, uh, and happy employees make ultimately the success of a company. So um, I truly believe that. And of course, different organizations might have different uh, pace and of, of, of doing it. Uh, but ultimately, if you uh, work through the processes, you are able to, to do that. So I truly, I truly strongly believe that and demonstrate that in the, in the history as well as in current success, so the way companies like Google, uh, Apple, uh, um, uh, Facebook, you know, you name it, operate. Okay, so that's where I come from, and uh, probably some of my answers are connected to uh, to this this line of thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> no, and it's great to have that background as well. Um, and David, what are your thoughts around <clears throat> what effective leadership means to you? Wow, what a great story, Alberto. Um, <laughs> Um, I, I didn't have one like like that. No, no, I, no. It's okay. I just wanna. I think I, I want to to put it in a in a in a small sentence. And to me, effectively effective leadership um, is the art of influencing, seeding, enthusiasm, and guide the team to achieve a project, a goal, an activity. So you know if if, if you can. If you can find what is the motivation behind each of those individuals that are part of the team and you can somehow change that motivation to point to the goal that you are expecting, uh, you very likely are going to succeed in, in what you are doing. So this is what I think and, and I believe is my definition of effective, effective leadership. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Great points. And Jasmine, what would you like to add? A beautiful answer both Alberto and David. I'm probably not going to match it, but I'll say in simple words, I think simplicity is the best way to express it. I think leadership is the vision. What do we do? Now, leadership is not a title at all. That's, I say this probably 20 times a day, speaking to my team. Uh, it's about the vision. What are we doing? What are we trying to achieve? And why are we doing what we're doing? Uh, and that, that follows by management of that vision and putting processes in place. Uh, systems in place so we can actually achieve that vision. So that's pretty much leadership to me. Someone who can um, explain the vision simply and can manage to execute the plans to achieve that vision. So that's leadership in, in two sentences. Absolutely. And great points made by all of you. Thank you so much. Um, and I love this next question. Calvin, <laughs> well, I'll pass it over to you first. But what's your secret sauce? So what are your methods of implementation for effective leadership? Uh, okay, so uh, from my, I totally agree with the government, of course, that David has been uh, providing, of course, we're we are all aligned. Um, uh, I think transparency. Honestly, being honest and transparent, mm -hmm. and uh, somehow, um, David, you mentioned before, uh, like uh, alignment and making sure that everybody has clear understanding of uh, uh, the ins and outs on uh, the what, the why, uh, and and uh, and how. Well, you are do we are doing what we're doing. Uh, it's extremely important, and you find that like. Uh, 
in particular with the with the with engineers uh, that there is often uh, a, a little lack of understanding on some of the financial dynamics between uh, an enterprise so even uh, disclosing discussing and opening up uh, uh, things which are often considered uh, you know a taboo or private or uh, too high level to be disclosed is i think it's a it's a mistake and it, it should be done because uh, uh, um, um, individuals are smarter than what <laughs> a very senior executive might think they, yeah. <laughs> they can connect and relate better uh, to why things are what they are and what are the ob- obstacles and why the process has been designed in a certain way and once there is understanding once there is alignment uh, things come much easier actually agree Perfect. So, um, David, what are your thoughts around <clears throat> the first implementation? Wow, that's a difficult one, but I will say empathy is one of the ones. So, you know, is 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 that kind of ability? Is is try to find or 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 is that ability to understand or to, you know, like empathize with the people' needs, concerns, um, you know, ideas. And how you can support all of those to to make sure uh, you create an inclusive work culture. So you know, understanding everyone's needs, which we all know are different, uh, are gonna help us to you know have a team that that you know feels like they are not only doing a job; they also belong to something, and that something is supporting uh, outside and inside the the role. Yeah, perfect. That's great points. As you say, it all moves into one as well. And Jasminda, um, what's your secret sauce? So what are your methods of implementation? Again, I, I'm going to be a bit sound redundant. Simplicity is the same word I'd like to use all the time. The honesty, technology is complex enough. The messaging should be very simple. Uh, but on top of that, I think uh, Alberto touched on the point being transparent. Um, and I think honesty and authenticity means the most. So um, we, as leaders, again, people with title leaders, we have a lot of weight. The word that we say. And if we say things uh, authentically and honestly, I think being connects with you better than not connecting with you. Now, like I said, I've been in this team for three and a half months and I think I've got fantastic support from everyone. And I don't think I've ever been in a team where I've, I don't think that so. they've got my back and I've got their back. So, mm-hmm. but on the same, on the flip side of it, you also have to give them authority and accountability at the same time. That's my secret sauce. And I'll be honest in talking about honesty and authenticity, the team that I'm working in, Technically, I contribute very little, and I told them from day one that I don't come from a cloud background. I come from a, a very tanky Linux distributed system. I'm not going to make technical decisions. You are. I'm going to facilitate making those technical decisions. So being authentic, not trying to make up something I'm not, and that I think connects me with my team better than lot. And being able to communicate with them simply, this is what I expect of the team, and this is what they expect of me. And having that open channel. Now, I've been in teams where I've had, I think, people, four people reporting to me to about 20. Connecting with them on monthly or fortnightly basis is very, very important. And in those catch-ups, in those one-on-ones where you build those connections, those relationships, and sometimes those conversations are hard to give them feedback. Sometimes they're giving critical feedback. And I think if you do it genuinely with having human emotions at the back, we understand not everyone's fulfilling the expectation but if they're understanding how they can get there and these are the few things that I apply simply simple message honesty authenticity oh. and communicating with them so that's how I apply no matter where I go yeah no talk, uh, just uh, totally to- totally agree so most often than not uh, we are enabler we don't uh, know everything uh, and uh, again I'm fairly new too to my role so might remember <laughs> No, no, no more than me for sure. So it's about just uh, supporting and enabling them, and, uh, and somehow I have a little like like a simple framework for decision making. So if if uh, if you are in the process of making a decision, you know you have a plan B in case you make a mistake to actually get out of it without necessarily uh, disrupting too much. Just go and make the decision. If you are unsure. Uh, of the impact or maybe something that uh, uh, can have uh, broader consequences. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk and discuss and uh, we'll, do, we'll, we'll make the decision together. Uh, so Absolutely. it's a, like a simple like uh, 
decision framework if you wish You cannot go into, I mean, there is no secret formula or something that at least I know or, or I have read that <laughs> give me some idea how to calculate that one. But I have feel I have been in teams when people feel comfortable following one or two members more than others. Another team member, another teams, people prefer to make more uh, democratic decision making and find the, the, the options by themselves. So in this one, I reckon is is a matter of of letting the team go. Um, you know, they as as Jasminda mentioned, uh, making mistakes is really important here because we learned. So when we make a mistake, we learned, we understand. Yeah, we didn't do it this way, but we learned why we didn't do it well. Then we can make it better this time. So I reckon just allowing the team to go flow understand that balance uh understand you know how what is the best method for them to work and how much they are going to allow one of them to you know put the the majority of the decision making or, or not giving all the ideas is up to them and you are there just to facilitate and make sure that process you know is, is not harming anyone is is going well with, within the team and everyone you know is happy about it because at the end of the day they are the ones who are going to implement those ideas to work on those ideas and to suffer the pain if something happens so you know letting them going through and, and making that is is something that i believe is the best in in this yeah, absolutely thanks so much and jasmine what are your thoughts in, in regards to standardization versus personal style I think it has to be a mix of it. We are human beings, 7 billion of us on the planet. I doubt that mm-hmm. you can find two individuals which are the same. The standards are there. The frameworks are there everywhere. And each organization, I've been blessed with working with fantastic organizations, fantastic teams. They always are standard, but then you always implement in the best way possible that you can. Um, and I, I absolutely think you always have to put a mark of your own style in it, the way you work, because if Come back to comes back to authenticity. You can't be a a robot human following. This is the standard. This is how you lead, and there is no flowchart. Make mistake, do this. Don't make mistake, do that. So you always have to have your your personal style to it. And I absolutely think frameworks are important. Uh, I think if you don't have them in place, then it, it, it's sink or swim. It depends on the individual. In leadership, you have frameworks. You apply them, but at the same time. You have to, not one size fits all. A framework will not apply to my tech lead in the team. That will apply to a QA in my team or a business analyst or an admin. So you have to actually adjust your messaging accordingly as well. So I believe standards are important, but at the same time, applying your own style on top of it is, is equally important. Yeah, no, some great points made there as well. And like you say, there are many different variables when it comes to considering leadership. Uh, mm-hmm. Alberto, what's your take? That's uh, it's an interesting question. Um, uh, okay, I think we, I think my answer reflects also somehow the changes of uh, uh, generational changes that uh, I have even observed, and and I'm part of it somehow. Uh, yeah, we probably started my career where uh, standardization was. Uh, yeah, was the was the goal? Okay, so okay, you know, um, effective communication for effective people, personal style. So, uh, but this is like uh, I don't think it's applicable anymore. Uh, and actually, I re- I truly hope that uh, organization, even uh, like HR per se, will move toward uh, a uh, or individual or personalized framework and start acknowledging. Uh, and rewarding, if you wish, the, the value that an individual brings, uh, uh, irrespective to uh, the compliance to uh, 
certain norm or standard. I know it's not easy, but uh, I think we're moving more and more toward the direction. So uh, I, I hope well, that I am treated as well as uh, I would love, uh, I treat my, my team members. So in the end, uh, the experience that you have in an organization is uh, a paragraph, a chapter of your life. Uh, probably where we started, uh, the, the, the career was more bound to one company for decades. Now it's no more so. So I'm truly, I'm, I'm hoping and I'm actually, I can, I can say it is the case that uh, my boss as well as myself uh, are actually a neighbor of my experience in the, as a chapter of my profession into an organization. And of course, the more it's pleasant, the more I tend to stay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, but, uh, but ultimately, I'm, I'm no, illu and no illusion that uh, I remember as well as myself uh, at some stage might uh, might look up, look around um, because I don't know my needs or or you know my interest uh, uh, even my uh, personal condition uh, change okay um, yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm, as Italian probably I, I put a lot of emphasis on uh, per personal style more interpersonal uh, relationship uh, I wouldn't say I find it hard working from home but uh, it's a little bit harder for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I cannot agree more, Roberto. I think person-to-person -person is quite important. I think um, COVID had its, um, a lot of negative impact, uh, but it did have this positive impact where we can actually do hybrid. But I yeah, definitely yeah. feel I miss I miss working with people. Um, and again, when you change organizations, that, that impacts a lot how you develop those relationships as well or not. So absolutely, cannot agree more, Roberto, on that point. So yeah, yeah I, I think that was important as well. But um, I do try and go to office as much as possible. Yeah, maybe we're, we're, we're entering into the different topic, but I think actually the more junior candidate uh, and also like the, the people that are in the process of growth or career development uh, are actually not benefiting at all from, from working from home because I, I learned a lot from the person, from my, the senior consultant, the person that was sitting beside me. And there was a lot of knowledge and experience and uh, that was uh, transferred on day to day. And now, now it's a little bit hard. It's like, uh, and, and again, it's probably has to be a two-way effort from uh, uh, the coach and the coachee, okay, the mentor, the mentee, in, in finding time to get together and spend time together and uh, work side by side. Because uh, uh, having a phone, a phone call or a video call to talk about, okay, <laughs> this is a training session, okay? All right. <laughs> nothing can be whiteboard session, Alberto. I can promise you. No, nothing. Correct. You can draw lines and you can erase them, and and you can learn a lot in between writing and erasing those, those lines. Yeah, no, it's nice to know as well for our listeners, like the generational change, as you mentioned, Alberto, and how over the years you've seen that standardization move more towards personal style. Um, and again, that's just a reflection on, on how great of a leader you all are individually as well, but you've been able to adapt both. Um, which leads us again, I know we've yeah, spoken yeah, a little bit. More than, <laughs> more than adapt, because you are who you are. Okay, so yeah, it's, it's yeah. probably understand. It's probably understand and uh, and somehow come to terms with it. Okay, you, you, it, it, there is a tendency, and I've seen, uh, to reject it, okay, and, and say this is... Gen millennials, no good. Okay, they don't have the same work ethic. Just who, who told you that? Like, who, like, is it, this is kind of a really a, a resistance to change from older professional. Like, I could be for actually younger professional, which have a completely, a completely different expectation from, uh, and probably even better <laughs> uh, <laughs> from from their their uh, work life balance or the way they approach. Uh, uh, their profession. So I come from a world where everything was like uh, next level. When is the next promotion from uh, from the world in which like work-life balance and the, 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 there is more importance on uh, on living life better than necessarily make you know life out of uh, the spare time you have from work. Yeah, which is a complete completely different. And who say that it's worse? <laughs> I'm beginning. <laughs> But you need to come to there with it, accept it, uh, and uh, somehow 
embrace it because uh you know <laughs> yeah bones and that's it that's how you build how you, that's how you effectively build on that as well isn't it over time um and i know we've touched on a few challenges already even in our conversation which is great um but this leads on very well into our next question as well which is mm-hmm. around common challenges that leaders face when building these high performance teams and what to do to overcome them and uh, this is a very loaded question so i'll split it into two um so what are the common challenges that leaders face when building high performance team and leadership so i I'll direct this question towards David. <clears throat> well, difficult. <laughs> now, I, I mean, I, I think I kind of think into, into one um, is actually there is, a, there is an old book, really good one, called the Toyota Kara Managing People model, an Improvement Model. She's really good. And, and it's the base of lean thinking. And, and, and one of the things that the book explains at some extent is like we as as people we try to create a plan and we set up a plan and we set a goal and then you say like hey i need to go this way so then i need to do these 10 steps to arrive there uh majority of the times when you go and do the first one you know the other nine are not gonna be valid anymore because everything changed so then you need to redo everything and reshuffle and start again so one of the things is like we we want to pursue or we want to get to the point instead of understanding and learning from the process and that's one of the process i reckon making mistakes and getting uh the understanding and the knowledge on why we failed is critical so plans is something that usually um i see when when building teams that you know we want to set up everything especially in in software that we believe we know everything. So you see technical people, we sit all together and say like, all right, we need these, 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 that are these, 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 this is ready. But when you start moving ahead, you say like, this is not gonna be sufficient. You know, this is not gonna be enough. I will have a lot of challenges if I go this way. So then you need to start adapting and, and changing the plan. The other one, especially in this software world is our engineering. And I believe, you know, sometimes we just, um, you know, ended up in very complex and sophisticated solutions that at the end of the day are not required. So we just, you know, we, we, we plan something that big that sometimes is, is more difficult to build than, than, you know, than, than that really a problem that is gonna be designed for. So, um, I think in that one as well, it's very important to understand, you know, what we want to do, what is the goal and, you know, what is the, um, medium level effort and and the technologies we want to put in place because you know we as technical people we always want to put the best things in place but you know as business we always want to put the most profitable thing in place as well and sometimes both are not on the same line so trying to align those and and making sure you know you are not over engineering but you are not also going and do it you know cutting corners or doing the easiest way is really important and 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 I I can market those as challenges that I have faced when when building team especially. Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much, David. And um, Jasmine, what is your take on challenges that you face? Um, high performance team—they are a bit of a unicorn, no matter where you go, <laughs> because every day in software in IT we're fixing different issues, we are developing different features, we are integrating new systems. So at one point you're high performance team, the next minute it's still learning. To perform um so first thing is um i work with a lot of teams um fantastic team members uh, and i think the what, what stands out for me as a high performing team is first thing they have each other's back they they work to work the same goal and this is where the first challenge is defining the key goal what are we expecting of the team and who's playing what on at what point because in tech teams i'm pretty sure we've all faced it there's a lot of egos as well that my solution is better than your solution so first thing is defining the rules, understanding the clear expectation. That's the first big challenge. Now, this is where the leaders need to work with the team to define a team charter. This is what we stand for. This is what we need to deliver. And this is how we solve the problem. So the first is clear goals and clear expectations. Now, the second most important thing, which I think is the most important challenge we face is finding the right people. Uh, it's an ever-changing environment. There's great resignation, they're great. Next thing, keeping people in the in the business is quite important. And we have all faced this thing is sometimes we are unable to provide the people the opportunity to grow. Sometimes we're not able to financially support them because they budget until they come with a resignation. We don't 
we don't give them what they actually want. So I think uh, first thing, recruiting right people and then keeping them. I think these are the team. This is the biggest challenge for a high performance team because what happens is in software, we're not building software for the sake of software. We're building software to solve different problems. And the longer you stay in the industry, in the domain, the better you apply your software engineering skills. So I think retaining those people is absolutely very important. And again, it's challenging. It's not easy. I'm pretty sure Dr. David and Abhijan from the US industry, you can, you can swear by that finding the right people is the hardest thing, then keeping them is, is another thing. Yeah. Um, and providing them development skills. I think this, this leads to the next thing. How do you develop your team? And this is a challenge I've faced. I've had a lot of people working with me, report me, and they say, I want to do this. I want to do that. Sometimes the biggest challenge is they don't even know what they actually want to do. You have the development discussions with them. They say, I don't know what I want to do. So my first question to them is, find out your passion, work out. My development plan back in when I was at Alice uh, was literally four, three paragraphs, short term, long term, short term, medium term, and long term. And I'm proud to say that I had my leaders there to support me to get where I wanted to. And I did. So defining right expectations, clear goals, recruiting right people and keeping them and making sure the people understand what do they want to do next and then providing them support to get there. So I think there's, there's a lot of things. Actually, I think there's a lot of variables. Good work. I think that's another thing. Keeping them employed, doing challenging work is a challenge in itself because good people want to solve good problems and if you run out of good problems these are a few things um I, I don't think so we can fix them but i think if we can focus on them we definitely can keep those team humming delivering value to the business and to the to the, the community absolutely thank you so much for last five jasmine there um alfred so what's your take on some challenges that you face no, with the what some something that just uh, mentioned in with me uh Definitely, from my perspective, and in particular for, for individuals that are moving into position of leadership, is actually a, 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 like the most often and not do not really know uh, themselves, meaning uh, what they like, what makes them happy. Uh, sometimes they might find, find themselves into a, a position of pushing for a career progression because that's the path that's the way okay uh, and so i often suggest uh, uh, career coaching okay professional career coaching which is uh, in a an introspective journey and uh, it's, it's not necessarily somebody that helps you find the next job but it's actually somebody that helps you uh, learn more about yourself and uh, what motivates you, what makes you happy, what drives you to come to work uh, every day, okay? Uh, and, and it's very different for, 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 for different people. And uh, it is a process. It's not, uh, it's not uh, you know, uh, you ask the question, what would you like to do? I've never uh, expected an answer there and then. Have a think about it. Let, let's talk through it. I've noticed something, okay? Something that maybe frustrates you and something that you actually... Uh, and you enjoy more, uh, you, you you find most often not that technologists are problem solvers, so are more often not more passionate about uh, uh, technology than people matter. So is is it really uh, leadership, people development, or having to deal with a, a, a large something that you really enjoy? Okay, uh, and maybe sometimes you just try a little bit and see how you feel. Uh, I'm there to support, of course. Uh, that's definitely, definitely a challenge. And, and that is somewhat at every level. I think the sooner you get in touch with yourself, the sooner you are aware of uh, yourself, per se, uh, the better you can shape your career. And again, I, I come to the fact that uh, becoming a CEO is not necessarily, shouldn't be an objective, but should be coming to work every day happy. Okay, and coming back to your your family, happy. Okay, uh, that should be the objective of, of, of with, of course, so, uh, the right means to sustain your family. Uh, that that should yeah, be yeah. minimum. Um, another point, probably like we all we all live into this agile world, agile methodology. I think it's somewhat uh, uh, focusing on 
value, start asking why we're doing what are we doing. I, ge- I generally reframe the, the concept of MVP as minimum viable product, which I think it's a, it's a, it's a, the greatest misread of, of the agile, uh, of the agile uh, methodology into what is the maximum valuable path? What is the roadmap that will bring maximum value to the business? And start really thinking about uh, is there a little set of uh, things that we can do faster and, and so that you establish credibility and a positive relationship uh, with the business or with peers. Uh, it's it's another it's another chapter. Okay, so we come from again culture of uh, more often than not order taking, uh, and and again so start to challenge why why what is the value that we're getting why don't we do things in a different way so that actually rather than waiting uh, three sprints we wait one but we start <laughs> getting something out uh, tomorrow. Uh, so uh, start to take the courage of uh, you know challenge you know. Superior peers, business representative, uh, yeah, of course, always in respectful manner. Uh, but that the dynamic can absolutely be more engaging and uh, more fulfilling because you, you are part of something bigger, okay? Uh, not just in in uh, executing a project, but actually shaping it, yeah. Which is which is which is a great feeling from <laughs> from my perspective. What I've what I've seen working with people. Fine. Yeah. Then many other challenges. <laughs> oh, absolutely thank you so much for all of your uh, contributions there like you say um even within different industries have having other areas as well um either understand the, the why behind that as well um so let's move more towards how do we overcome some of these challenges i know we've touched on quite a few um possible ways around that but david how would you kind of overcome some particular challenges <clears throat> Uh, some particular challenges in? In terms of what we've just covered, I know Jasmine mentioned quite a lot in, in, in regards to, um, obviously, the broader team in the sense of working from home, collaboration, how do you kind of push forward? So maybe we'll do um, how to overcome a challenge in terms of agile formula or methodology. Uh, well, yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's, a, matter of, it's a matter of how the team set it up and, and how the people that, that is integrated uh, are, are working uh, I know that uh, we could be in a, in a different position on this uh, remote hybrid approach um, um, I do believe in the remote works and I have seen that you know working from ages you know like it's not from pandemic I have seen that working uh, in back in Colombia in companies who were working for you know US companies with developers in Argentina QAs in Peru and business analyst in Colombia, and you know, and they, they couldn't be together. Is there was like a physical uh, restriction that didn't allow them to do it. So I don't believe is the what is the how, and and more important is the why. So I reckon this this aligns with something that um, Alberto was mentioning at some extent, and is as long as they have clear what is the why they need to do it, and you know they understand what they are doing, uh, they will find a way. And, you know, if it is a whiteboard, you know, they will be the ones who will bring you this tool and say, hey, we need this particular tool because it's allowed me to draw this and this. Um, so same happens with the methodology. I don't believe that it's a perfect methodology for everything. Um, you know, I, I, I do believe so far teams uh, work well in, in, in agile environments. But I have seen also that sometimes in projects that I have had, you know, um, agile methodology is not going to work. And it's not going to work because, you know, the, the customer itself is not aligned with those approaches. You cannot force them to learn something that they don't feel. You know, there are some customers that they prefer to receive something and that something is ready to go. You know, they are not happy to just receive in a portion and then another portion and another portion. And then, oh, I, at the end, I have my project. It's like, I want to have everything and I want to have it in the day. You tell me, just tell me when and I will get it. So it really depends. And, and I feel... um. Uh, your experience as a manager is going to help the team to uh, shape those uh, things because this is when your experience comes in place, you know, and actually this is why you are hired for it. So you go in place and then you say, hey guys, you can do this, this, and you know, the risk and doing this could be these ones. What I have seen is these ones. However, in the, in the other hand, on the other hand, you can see the benefits by doing this or that. So um, 
it's a matter of, of trying, you know, uh, and, and finding, again, that balance. Every team is different. Um, and, you know, just mean that mentioned we are 7 billion. We are 7 billion of people in this in this world, you know, and, you know, and, and, and competing, competing against who? You know, if we are all different, you know, who I'm competing against. So at the end of the day, if we are very unique, imagine the team. So the number of combinations we can get is bigger. So the number of different things that can happen is even bigger. So at the end of the day, every team is going to find their balance. Um, you know, there is a, a theory called the, the Tuckman Lara that says that the teams go to that process of, you know, like a, a lot of problems and storming and then form forming and then goes up to a level that they are very stable. Um, and that's true. The team goes and they put together, you know, and, and it's normal. You know, you're getting into a room with 12 people. You don't know them. You don't know what they are doing. You know, you in, in this, you, you are a lot of egos, as Alberto mentioned, to some extent. And all of them are all together to say, ah, oh, you're going to deliver something. And then, you know, that kind of things need to happen. They need to get comfortable. They need to understand the goal. They need to understand what is the position of each of them on the team. And, and then they will start working and they will start, you know, walking in the direction we want. So much, Dave. Really appreciate that. Um, and Jasmine, one of the challenges you mentioned was around career development and keeping people within your team engaged. So how would you necessarily kind of overcome that in terms of their performance? How can you keep them motivated towards that innovation as well? Yeah, but before I do that, I want to touch on a really good point David make. And and I actually use this with all of my team. I think this is about the, the, the four stages of teaming, right? Um, forming, storming, norming, and then performing. I actually use that question to all my team members as soon as I start a new team or I'm introduced to a new team. I say, where do you think you, you, you are at this point? And the ultimate goal is the performing, right? That's the, the key. They want to be a, a high performing team. And I think once you ask this question, the ego comes in. I want to be part of a performing team. And that kind of clicks a, something lights up like, ah, oh, this is what I can do to become a performing team member. That means I need to be performing as well. And this has never failed in my 10, 15 years of leadership. Whenever I ask this question, it kind of brings out this ego in people, I might say, but in a good way that oh, I want to be part of a performing team. So I think just asking a simple question and I ask David, this is my pet question to my all new team members who join, where we are. And again, every quarter, every six months when we review, it's like, where do you think we were and where we are? That, that's absolutely so fantastic point, David. Absolutely. Um, I, love, I love these four stages of teaming. Um, in terms of challenges, sorry. Um, I think we touched on keeping people. I think um, good problems, like I said, Abby, yeah, at the start, if we have good problems and how do we have good problems is we have a good team culture to understand what does the end user want. And this is where I go back to the great Steve Jobs. He said, let's start from the customer point of view. Let's forget about technology because engineers as engineers, we think about technology first thing. Oh, I want to do Kafka stream. I want to do uh, this front end um, language. I want to apply that. But at the end of the day, we're just serving a master customer, a user, the end user could be the next developing team, the end user could be our, our end customer. So I think if you start from the customer, define a really good problem. If you can do that, our business analysts at the front, we have very smart people in the business, they can actually come up with really good requirements. But if it's not capturing good user requirements, what do they actually want? That, that's where it all starts from. But I'm very passionate about one thing is, is people development. I remember when I started at a company, um, very complex industry. And the, I would say, onboarding or, or training plans were, I would say, not available, but basically not encouraged. And I took it upon myself. I remember I would take graduates, I'll take new starters and basically start with a very simple slide back is what is this organization? Where are we at? I think training plans are very important. Onboarding is very important. If you do a good job onboarding people, we're setting a really good foundation for them to actually uh, go to the next level. I work at Tendas for year and a half. Their onboarding process was fantastic. I think they give you two weeks of material. They give you um, support to understand the material. They have uh, classroom-based training the first two weeks, and you understand the business from from that day onwards. And then you basically, when you understand the business really well, you go forward. So providing a good training plan, and I think this is where as line managers, I'll just talk specifically about line managers, is to actually check in with your team and ask them where do they think they end? not just the sake of asking understanding if they're struggling with something put plans together to develop them I, I say one thing to my team we don't own anything the team that we work on today we are just a custodian of the system we're a custodian of this service we're custodian of this product 
we're going to live in better than we found it. If you can do that, you've done your job. And if you can do that, what I'm going to do next for you is understand where do you want to go next. And that's understanding what's next encourages that, okay, if I do a cool job right now, that means I'm going to take to my next role, this badge of honor that I developed something really well. And this is what's important for us at this point. And that's what I'm doing with my current team as well. How do we find the system? Let's measure it and let's just put things in place so we can improve it and they understand it's a good challenge. And we're working on some really exciting projects as well. I would like to talk about some other time, but giving them good problems, understanding and genuinely understanding where do they want to go. It may not fit well with your needs right now. I actually think a good tenure for a team member in a team is about two to two and a half years. First six months to understand, next one and a half year to actually perform and then you start working on where do you want to go next and then try and find opportunities within the organization so you keep them within the business and i've always found that very successful if i've uh, if i've helped uh, a team member to get somewhere they always are there in the business to help us if you miss them and i think that that's very 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 important and always least looked upon least least um i think as linemen is sometimes we don't spend enough time on it and I've been guilty of it in the past as well. I've learned over the experience and then I've always tried to put that at a front. Projects will come and go, team members will not. Team members will stay and if you treat them well, they'll do well, the projects will be well. So that's a that few things I've like put in place there. These are very well in terms of Alberto's point we made earlier around juniors and having people within the business that can help mentor and be mentorees and really bounce those ideas off, off each other and really learn from each other. So um, with that, Albert, would you how to overcome that? Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, it's actually uh, try to be deliberate. So again, in the, in the, in the cyber, as I mentioned before, in the cyber world, uh, where uh, working from home uh, is uh, somewhat the norm, uh, the, the ability to uh, learn and coach day to day, particularly um, more junior team member, uh, is very limited. So uh, actually, more senior team member needs to be deliberate and uh, and uh, actually set up time and find the time to. The, the, uh, to coach and mentor others, um, which is, I think, it's a rewarding part of our job as uh, as uh, as engineers. Uh, in particular, as you grow to uh, sort of more more senior roles, so I find it so very rewarding. Uh, you know, the, the independence or the freedom that a junior engineer uh, finds when he's able to, uh, to pick up and complete tasks uh, by himself or herself. Um, that, that's that's for sure. So I would say uh, be considered and deliberate. Uh, now it's probably a process that uh, with working room would be a little bit longer uh, than what used to be, uh, but that's okay. Uh, there is time. So we work for organization that have been around for <laughs> decades. So there is plenty. Of um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would say I would say I would say that mostly. Yeah. Perfect. And that, this leads really well on to our next question, um, which is around driving conversation and collaboration within such a diverse team as well. So, David, would you like to kick us off? I do. Um, so, in terms of um, communication, I reckon, and especially in a diverse team, um, in 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 one of the things that I have seen that um, have been working really well is to try to find that communication style uh, so they can you know receive the information express feelings um, you know and, and and you know be able to to, to feel like they uh, understand what they are I mean they understand the information they're receiving and they can express the information as well um, in these that is something that I have seen that works really well and is to find the the base and the cultural background um, if you can use the direct and indirect communication. So depending on, on the person, depending on the background, depending on uh, many, many items, the person will enjoy more one thing or the other one. And you can, you know, try to use that kind of thing to, 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 to talk to them and to, you know, have the conversation. Some people enjoy to sit there with them five minutes, tell them, hey, ABC done. Some people want to go and say, you know, X, Y, Z, and then A, so they understand what you want to say. Um, so 
I reckon that both have the, the advantages. So definitely when you are direct, you are more efficient, it's faster, uh, there are less problems to uh, have misunderstandings or less room to get any kind of errors. Um, but when you go in and indirect, sometimes uh, it's more diplomatic, you know, so then it's more, there are more harmony in the team. Um, people will feel like more, uh, I don't know, like you are being more sensitive or you are being doing things differently. So one of the things that I do when IOS team um, have both is like I try to do the message in, in both formats. So I go with the message direct and say, you know, these, these, these guys. And then I try to go in a very indirect way for everyone who didn't get it or for everyone who will enjoy more the other way. So keeping that communication style in mind help a lot to have that collaboration because they feel, you know, they their ideas and whatever they want to express and put on the table is going to be valued. Uh, is when I respect it, and the most important thing is going to be implemented. So, yeah. Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much, David. And uh, Jasmine, what's your take around driving conversations to collaborate within a diverse team? Um, first thing is making a safe space for the team. I think if you can do that, I think you will have far more ideas spoken amongst the team, and more diverse the ideas are, the better the solution is. I'm pretty sure there's plenty of research diverse teams are more productive they definitely deliver more results so what, what's a safe space when it's a space, safe space it means when someone speaks up um, they're not blamed for a bad idea because what a bad idea of today it's tomorrow's invention right that's <laughs> and if you, if you basically encourage your team to speak up what happens in my team most of the time is and this is not just this team any team there's definitely people who speak a lot more there are definitely people who do not speak at all. And the conversation is driven by one or two dominant team members. So, including them in the conversation and deliberately, I think this is the Alberto's point, to be deliberate. I've deliberately ask them to, to participate, to bring the ideas. And if something's good, um, nurture it. an incubator. Do something about it. You don't always have time. And this is where I think Agile has brought in something really good, which is called a shipping day. Some of the organizations want to do it. In the two or three sprints, they put one day as do what you want to do. So if you have a safe space, and I've, I've faced it many times, some people speak to me in private better than they'll speak in public. So sometimes you have to have conversations and give them feedback. A, B, C. You didn't speak up in this meeting, but I spoke to you previously. That was a really good idea. Why didn't you speak up? And I didn't want to steal your thunder about proposing that idea and show them what the ideas can actually amount to. And I got back to this um, hackathon I was uh, invited to at RDA Group Realist. Um, that was the first time. Um, that was the first time we was part of a hackathon, and the idea was: you use a camera, take a picture of any property, and your phone will actually find the listing for that property. It's just an image. Just take a picture, and it'll bring up the everything about the property and. The person who was explaining me, she was from a finance team, not from a tech team. There's never a bad idea from anyone. There's always ideas. Good or bad is on the execution. So making sense to that. And also, if like if I'm the most talkative team member in the team, my manager or the lead of that team should take me aside and say, let others speak. Because if you don't let them speak, they're shy enough already. And they're being respectful. So you have to give feedback to the team. And if someone's very quiet, you have to always encourage them to speak up. And this is where the, the feedback mm -hmm. loop comes in, where you always go back to your team and say, well done on the idea, always praise them in public. And if they've got a really good idea, praise them in public. And if they've got a bad idea, I'm pretty sure they'll find out and they'll learn from it. Still not a bad idea. You learn something, how to do it, how not to do it. Isn't there saying Edison found 1,000 ways of not making a bulb and then the 1,000 month was the actual. So. Yeah, I think um, safe space is the, the, the most key element to be able to actually have because some of the engineers are very um, introverts. They don't like to speak in public. So I think um, giving them safe space and then that brings out that brings out collaboration within a diverse team. So that's I think safe space is my key word when it comes to creating a collaborative team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Um, that's great. Totally, totally agree with the safe space. Uh, I'm absolutely, absolutely on board with it, and uh, it, the work environment should be res respectful, respectful uh, of everybody, no matter so where they're coming from, which idea or question they might have had. 
So uh, absolutely, the work environment should be as, must be a safe space. Uh, and I think then, the agile, you know, the ceremony of retrospective. Yeah, I know the name suggests what retrospective is. Now, this is not about what did we do; is how did we do it. And I think retrospective has actually brought in this culture of safe space already, because the rule of retrospective, what happened in retrospective, stays in retrospective. So, so you have the conference. I think that I would like to bring, the, like, make that a bit bigger. That the retrospective in terms of not just for what we're doing, how we're doing, and why are we not doing so if you can be part of the conversation that's 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 something positive of agile that's come through and yeah i'm a big fan and, uh, of this uh, to that also i think that that unfortunately it's something that uh, i i've been working has, has taken away uh, it's actually so the the, the but try, try to break a little bit the professional barrier so the banter that the, the, the Tap on the shoulder or little joke that you might have when you work uh, side by side on the same floor. Uh, that, uh, in particular, with people that uh, uh, just join the organization or potentially are new to the work environment, uh, uh, it's 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 a bit of a block. So, and uh, I, I do not like I I think there is a lot of value in those sort of a fun moment or getting together. Uh, or empowering the team actually to set them up because uh you know after a joyful afternoon together or you know uh, just Miller was was mentioning a dagadon or like a, a purposely uh, set up a moment of collaboration you you find it's it's fun and you find that actually uh, uh, after a social event uh, uh, a video goal it's it's better you know flows better because uh, uh the, 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 the professional barrier is broken, and then you know you you talk to each other as a person. Okay, so um, which I think it's important. Like it's important. The, the social aspect, uh, if it's no more there because of hybrid work, it needs to be fostered and uh, and somehow um, sponsored. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to like when I did my first leadership program. God knows, ten years ago, eleven years ago. I think one one concept that was called circle time, and circle time was nothing but just informal catch up between the teams. Oh yeah, sure. And and that's very powerful because you know your team as at a human level. Now, yeah, absolutely. While we're working, I think to David's point, teams were spread in Colombia, in Argentina. You can't always be together. I think this is where working digitally. Up, um, some of the organizations that work for spent a lot of effort in trying to make that as seamless as possible. And I'm pretty sure one of uh, everyone's company did some something like that. We would have like a game session, like or a chit chat session okay. every fortnightly, an hour and a half with the team, depending on how big the team is. And I found that those sessions brought out the real personalities of the team members, and you you got to see them from a different uh, different perspective. Those banters that Alberto talked about, mm. and this is something I'm actually going to try and invent, do this in my team where we are right now because we are all based across the eastern part of Australia, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, Tassie. So I haven't been able to do that yet, but something that this reminds me, I need to do it. <laughs> like he was reminding me to do it. So I'll start definitely mm -hmm. do it. So absolutely to your point. Yes, that's that, that, uh, to some of us, this sort of this uh, aspect of organizing and being friendly with social comes uh, more natural than others. Uh, yeah, for, uh, <clears throat> for me, I need to purposely uh, um, think about it, but uh, it, it's extremely important. I think it's I think it's extremely important, and uh, you, you'll see that after a, a successful event, uh, the dynamics of the of the, and also I encourage my team member to always turn on their camera, turn your camera on, <laughs> be respectful and turn your camera on because now <laughs> a lot of people uh, don't even turn the camera on during meetings, so it's pretty. It, it's even harder. It's even harder. It's five percent of your talk is what your 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 sound and ninety five percent yeah. communication is body. Like if Alberto's camera was on, I wouldn't be able to see his this beautiful smile. And he's such a jolly person. Like, I'm just hearing words. <laughs> Definitely turn the camera on. Hundred percent Alberto. Cannot agree more. Yeah, I feel like all the points that we've touched on throughout the conversation as well is very people focused, as you say, how to collaborate and and have that 
that personal touch to leadership as well as the standardization mm -hmm. of these are the objectives this is how we need to meet them um and i want to thank you all for all your obviously you. all your experiences um you've brought so much to the podcast like and before we end i just want to just want to let you all know, obviously, I'm so appreciative of all you all sharing all your thoughts in today's conversation. Um, once again, all the guests that have been on the podcast today, we've got Alberto from The Good Guys. We have Jasmine there from Tab Corp and also David from Trevi Payne. Um, so, you know, if you want to be featured on any future podcasts, you can always drop me a message too. Um, but just in terms of the podcast today, I just want to extend my 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 well wishes out to all the guests that are involved and again thank you so thank much you. for your collaboration and um, so yeah this has, been the, this has been the evolution exchange australia thank you for listening guys and i hope you can catch them all next time Bye.